And as we've been talking about for the last few weeks, we'll continue talking about it. Um, his spirit and his presence is with us today in, in a real way. I mean, it's, 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 that's not just talk. The spirit of the Lord is here. And I'm so thankful to be with all of you and to get to worship together. It's been a, a fun week. We, a few of us, five of us went down to Guatemala. And so if you haven't heard us talk about this, I'll just talk about it one more time. I want to make sure you guys know what's going on. As a church, we are partnering with a group, a, a church down in Chinaboquil, Guatemala. It's a small village. And we're partnering together with this church to have a school there. They put on a school and they feed the kids hot meals twice a week and give them tutoring and teaching and have a time of, of just pointing them to Jesus. And so we as a church are invested in that and, and we're giving towards that. In fact, one of the things that I, I don't know if most of the people in the church know about or not is that we did a, a small project that we gave funds towards. They had one little outhouse bathroom at their church and, and they have about 80 people in the church and then they have 45 kids in the school. And so they had one little, I mean, you know, I probably wouldn't even fit in it, that one little bathroom. And so we partnered with Springdale Church and, and both went in together to build them some new, really nice concrete restrooms with toilets. And, and it's just, honestly, you're going to get to see it. We took pictures and video and you'll get to see the impact you're making. One of the things I, I want to tell us today is that when we come together, we, we often look around and we see the other people worshiping here and, and we think about what's happening in the church. I want you to know that, that our church and the kingdom is much bigger than we can see today. And, and when you uh, participate in the body of Christ, when you give, when you serve, God is blessing that and using it around the world. And, and I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that's not just about this building, but about spreading the gospel to the world. And so thank you guys for being a part of that. Um, thank you for giving. Thank you for serving. God is good. It was a great week. One of my favorite parts, like I said, there were five of us that went down. Uh, I did get a little sick on the way down. That wasn't very fun. But, but we had a great time there. And, and one of the best parts, I'll tell you this, is that there were all these little kids in Chinaboquil. And when they met us, they thought I was a monster. Because they just don't have many people my size in Chinaboquil, Guatemala. And so they just kind of stared at me and kind of cowered a couple times. They tried to get the kids to come over to me and they were really hesitant because I was just this monster. But then once they got to know my name and, and they knew all of our names, they would sit there and even during their program, when it would get quiet, one of them would turn around and go, Alex, Alex. And then this one over here, Alex, Alex. And then we'd hear, Jenny, Jenny, Teresa, Grace, and they're, they're calling all of our names. It was just this awesome thing where, where, you know, we're getting to know these kids, and then every once in a while they would call our name, and we would just look at them and smile, and they'd smile back. And then another kid would do it, and you'd look and smile. And I just want you to know God is good, and, and I'm so thankful to be a part of that. It was awesome. The school, we got to be in one of their regular day, one of their regular sessions, and they sang, and they read God's word, and they prayed. They've got awesome leadership, awesome teachers, and 45 students that we are making a big impact, not just on them, but on their families and on their community. And so praise God for that. We serve a big God. Um, but, but today we're going to continue our Divine Impact series. We're talking about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our hearts. So the first week we talked about the promise and the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
that the Holy Spirit lives in us. If we are believers, if we've turned our hearts to Christ, the Holy Spirit fills us, and every single day, every moment, the Holy Spirit is with us. So right now, I want to repeat this again and again and again. The Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God, it said, remember a couple weeks ago, the same Spirit the same nature and character as Jesus Christ, who is the same nature and character as God the Father, the very Spirit of God is with us today. The Spirit is present. Last week, we talked about something that's a little bit less comfortable for us. We talked about conviction, that, that one of the works of the Spirit in our, in our lives is that the Spirit shows us where we're missing the mark. If there's sin in our life, if there are things that don't glorify God, the Spirit shows it to us, points it out, sheds light on it, and then helps us to repent and see change in our lives. And, and so that's where we're at today. We're going to talk about transformation. Uh, there was a show that was pretty popular back in about 2003, 2004 it came out. Anybody ever watch Extreme Home Makeover Challenge? I don't even know if that's the real name. Extreme Makeover Home Edition, that's what it is. Anybody ever watch that? It ran for about 10 years. It won, I think, 12 awards. It was a really Ty Pennington, you know, he, he had his little belt, and he, they'd go in, and they would find a family that was in need, and they had, uh, in, in all those situations, there would be a house that was inadequate. It wasn't good enough to meet the needs of the family, and they would go in, and over five days, they would take it and they would transform it into a beautiful uh, house that would help the people there that were in need. And this show is really popular. We love transformation stories, don't we? How many of you watch HGTV? Yeah, me neither. Um, no, but, but that's, there are all these shows now on, on HGTV and every, uh, every station that have been modeled after that idea that we take something that's old and broken and messed up and we transform it to something beautiful and new and awesome. Listen, I want you to hear this today. The Holy Spirit is in the makeover or the transformation business. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to transform us. And so I want you to hear this again. The Spirit is here with us today. The Spirit does the work of shedding light in our lives and convicting us of where we're missing the mark. And the Holy Spirit wants to transform your heart and your mind today. So go ahead and stand with me. We're going to be in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 today. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, this is Paul's letter, and he's referring back in this section that we're going to be in uh, you're going to see 16 to 18, but I'm going to go from 13 to 18. But, but the, what, what Paul's referring to in this is in Exodus chapter 34, there's a story of Moses when he's with the Israelites, and Moses would go into God's presence and experience God's glory, but, but then when he would come back down, he would be glowing with the glory of God, the radiance, and, and, but then when it would start to fade, he would put a veil over his face. And so that's what Paul is referring to here. I'm going to start in verse 13. Uh, you'll catch it at verse 16 here on the screen. Um, but it says this, Paul says this, We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. <clears throat> it has been removed um, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. Listen to verse 16. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, 
And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Let that be so in us. You can have a seat. So, so let me just talk through that. Moses is with the Israelites, and Moses would go up on the mountain to spend time with God, and when he was in the presence of God, he would see God's glory. And then when he would walk down from the mountain, he didn't even know this at first, but when he would walk down the mountain, his face would be glowing with the radiance of God's glory. So Moses would go up into the presence of God, would see and soak in the glory of God, would come back down, changed, radiating with God's glory. But then he was worried that that, that, that would fade because, see, in that time, he would go to God and then come back. It, wasn't, it was different than now. And so he would put this veil over his face. And so Paul says here that, that there is still a veil over people's face. That there is still times when people, even when they read God's word, that there's a veil over their face. And, and what he's saying there is if they haven't turned to Jesus, if they aren't open and surrendered to Jesus, then they can read God's word, the old covenant, and they can miss the glory of God completely. Paul says, just as Moses would cover his face, there are people who read the word of God, and it's as if they're covered, and they can't see God's glory. So Moses, when he went up, would take the veil off, would see God's glory, would be transformed, would walk down, and then because he was outside of that presence of God, he would put the veil back on after he had talked to the people. Paul says there are some people who still live with a veil over their face. Listen, I, I want you to hear this today. It is entirely possible, and I would even say happens quite a bit, where we come into a place of worship, maybe even we're reading God's Word, and we can have a veil over our face because we're not completely open and surrendered to Jesus. You can read God's Word, you can show up to church, and you can sing the songs, and you can miss the glory of God because it's like there's, there's something blocking you. Have any of you, you don't have to raise your hand on this, but have any of you ever come into church and there's just been something that's really been weighing you down or something going on in your life and you're so distracted that it just feels like church is happening and you're miss. it feels like there's some barrier between you and the worship? There's a veil there. Because in order to see God's glory, we have to be fully surrendered and open. And so this is still true today that there are, there are many people who call themselves Christians and come in to, the, to times of worship, maybe read the scriptures, and they miss God's glory because there's a veil over their face. Listen, faith, listen if, you, if your faith has turned into legalism, if your faith has turned into something that it's all about being good enough, if your faith has turned into to just trying to earn your salvation, there's a veil over your face. Faith and face is really messing with me right now. I'm sorry if I get them mixed up. But if your faith has turned to legalism, you're, you're going to have a veil over your face because you're missing the glory of God. Maybe there are times 
where you're going through the motions and playing church, as we would call it. You come in, you sing the songs, you listen, you, maybe you even raise your hand, you bow your head, you close your eyes, but you're not really living fully surrendered, and it's like there's this veil over your face. There are far too many people that live an empty and meaningless faith because their face is covered by a veil. They can't see God's glory. Sometimes we just allow the busyness of life to, to trump God's presence and God's glory in our life. We get so busy that we, we come in and it's just like there's something blocking us. And we can come into worship and we can completely miss the Creator God that's here with us. Let me say it one more time to you. The very God that created everything is here with us through His Spirit today. Don't miss it. Don't walk through worship today. Don't sing songs. Don't listen. Don't close your eyes and pray and have a veil over your face. The very Creator God is here and wants you to see His glory. That's what we see in verse 16. Here's the good news. Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. If you come into worship today, I don't care what's going on in your life, how messed up it is, how busy you are, if you can come in today and just be at a place of openness and surrender and say, God, I want to hear from you, tune out all the distractions. If we turn to the Lord, the veil is lifted. Listen to me, true worship, I want you to hear this, true worship demands surrender and openness. You can't come in and, and halfway worship. You can't come in with your mind focused on what's going to happen later today and truly worship God. It requires you to be completely open and surrendered. And when we come to that place, the veil is lifted. If I'm focused on the wrong thing, there's a veil. Sometimes maybe we come in and we're, we're too focused on, we, we don't like that song. We don't like the the sound, we don't like the lights, we don't like what the person next to us is doing, we don't like what someone said to us yesterday, and we're, we're focused on all the wrong things. But Paul says, if you will just come surrendered and open, the Spirit wants to show you God's glory. Listen, true worship is about encountering, I want to say this again, true worship is about encountering and glorifying the living God. It's not a passive thing. It's not like reading a program. I was thinking about this. Why do, how many of you have ever been to a concert? How many of you like going to concerts? Okay, why do we like going to concerts? We can get Spotify, we can get Pandora, we can get any of those streaming services, iTunes, whatever you use, and you can get all the same music that they play at the concert, right? If you're old school, I feel like you guys aren't with me. Let's get you guys, maybe some, how many of you are still putting CDs in your car? Or at home. Okay, a few of you. Good, good for you. How many of you are still using cassettes? I think those are pretty much done, right? All right, but maybe here. I mean, now we're going, let's go vintage. How many of you are put on a record every once in a while? Anyone? Okay, all right. All right, so now you're a little bit more with me. Here's the thing. We can listen to all the same music, so why do people pack out stadiums to go to a concert? What is it about the concert? What is it that makes us spend all, I mean, there are people spending like 800 bucks to go see Taylor Swift. You can, you can just buy her music for like 10 bucks, maybe less. 800 bucks to go see Taylor. Why do we pack out stadiums to go to a concert when we have all the music? What is it? It's because it's 
You're, you're there. It's live. Why do we pack out football stadiums when we can just watch it at home in the nice comfort of our living room? Let me tell you why. Because when Sam Hubbard picked up that fumble against the Ravens last year and took it 98 yards down the field, it, I'm telling you, I was there. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. It was electric. It was real. I was there. It wasn't just watching it. It wasn't just reading about it on ESPN. I was there. One of the things I love about mission trips, and listen, I would encourage everyone to go on a mission trip at some point. If you can't go out of the country, go somewhere in the country. One of the reasons that mission trips are so awesome in our lives, one of the reasons I love going down to Guatemala is because it's one thing to know that there are people out there that live in, in a different situation than us. It's one thing to know that there are kids that don't have meals every day. It's a whole other thing to go meet those kids and to touch them and shake their hands and to hear them say your name, Alex, and to share your hat with them or whatever it is. It's a whole other thing to meet them in person. Listen, I want you to know that worship is, is like that. It's not a spectator thing. It's not something you just read a program or you just listen to. The very living God is here with us and invites us to encounter him and glorify him today. And so if we turn to the Lord, listen, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in your life. Today I want to invite you to turn to the Lord. Maybe someone's really hurt you. Maybe there's something going on at work that's just really weighing you down. Maybe there's something, maybe you've, you've really just failed over and over again and you just feel this weight of loneliness and failure. Listen, today I want to encourage you, turn to the Lord. Don't walk through worship with a veil on your face. Turn to the Lord and allow him to lift the veil through his spirit. Verse 18 goes on, it says, And we, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. When we surrender, when we come open, when we come before God, and we, to, we let all that other stuff go, or we lay it at God's feet, and we're completely surrendered. We sang earlier, I'm available. Listen, I want you to know, I, I love being your pastor, and I am not planning to not be your pastor anytime soon, but I want you to know, every week I sit there and I say, God whatever you want. I'll go down and spend my time in 97 degree, 80% humidity Guatemala if I have to. If that's what you want, Lord, it's yours. And I don't feel God's calling me to that. But I want you to know that every single time I come in, I'm available and I'm surrendered. And this says that when we come to that place, the veil is lifted and we see the glory of God. We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. The, the King James Version says it's, are, we are beholding him as though through a mirror or a glass. It's as if we're just the same. You could look through a window and see someone or look in a mirror and see yourself. It's saying you can behold his glory. If you come in open and surrendered, you can see the glory of God. That's the work of the Spirit. We read John chapter 15 last week that said this work of the Spirit is to testify to Jesus. The work of the Spirit when we come and worship surrendered and open is to point us to the glory of God, to the glory of Jesus, to show us His character, His nature. 
And when we look, it says, when we contemplate, when we study, when we see His glory, we are being transformed into His glory. Let's talk a little bit about worship in our culture. Let let your minds have some fun with this, but, but we live in a culture of worship, don't we? You guys know we worship, right? And I'm not just talking about churches and Sunday morning. I'm talking about every day there are people worshiping. There's a culture of worship that we live in. There are people that are called social media influencers. If you've ever gone on vacation, you see someone walking around and someone's like catching all the right lighting and they're just taking pictures. There are people that get paid to just influence others because we are worshipers. We like to look at other people and worship them. We see celebrities and we want to be like them. I, I remember when I was in college, I went to Treveca. There was this professor, and his name was Hoskins. Really nice guy, really different than all the other professors. He wore the bow tie, and, you know, nothing wrong with bow tie if you're into that, whatever. But, but he, he was just different than all the other professors, and he talked different, and he thought different. And, and so there was this, this one professor, Hoskins, and then there were all of these people that we called Hoskinites because they followed him, and they studied him, and they watched him, and they tried to be like him. So they all started wearing bow ties and wearing the same sort of outfits. And they all started talking the same way and thinking the same way. And it was like they were studying him and then they were being transformed into his image. There was another guy, Tim Green. You've, you may have heard him speak before. He's one of my favorite speakers. But there were certain students that we called wannabe Tim or Tim Jr. because they studied him. They tried to talk like him. They, I mean, they, they just, they were always watching and trying to be like him. We live in the church in, what's, in, in what I would say is a celebrity pastor culture where we have these pastors who are celebrities. Andy Stanley, Craig Grishel, uh, Stephen Furtick. I could, just, I could keep naming them on and on. T.D. Jakes. And we live in this culture where people study them. There are pastors everywhere that are studying these guys and trying to be like them. They watch their every move. They watch the way they communicate. Stephen Furtick, if I ever start sitting on the edge of the stage like this and, and playing with Legos or something, you know I've been watching Stephen Furtick. That's a Stephen Furtick thing. But, but there's all these people that try so hard. They watch and they worship and they're transformed into that image. Listen, there's nothing wrong with learning from other people, but we're not called to worship pastors. I, nobody's, trying to, nobody's trying to copy me, and that's all good. Uh, we're not called to worship pastors. We're not called to worship celebrities or influencers. We're not called to worship our professors. We were created to worship but not to worship each other, not to worship things, not to worship football players, but to worship the living God. And, and when we're studying other people and being transformed, that's a form of worship, but it's the wrong form. What God calls us to every single week is to come into his presence, to be fully open and surrendered, for the veil to be lifted, and to see his glory. And as we behold his glory, we are changed into his image. Listen, Moses came back and forth and he had to put the veil on and then go back and then he would get more of the radiance and he would go down and he'd be glowing, but then he'd put the veil on because it was going to go away and then he'd go back, take the veil off. See, the, listen, we have the Holy Spirit of God living within us every day. You don't need a veil. You can live surrendered, whether it's on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or 
Tuesday at 6 a.m. or Thursday at 2 a.m. or midnight or whatever, you have the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer in Christ, living within you. And so the number one thing that I want to invite you to is to turn to the Lord today. Lay everything else at his feet. The number two thing I want you to do is to see him. The work of the Holy Spirit today is to show you his glory and transform you. The Holy Spirit is in the transformation business, in the makeover business, and he's here to transform us. So what does that look like? Many of you have probably heard the scripture. If you haven't, this is some of what it looks like. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, when the Spirit's transforming you, the fruit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, and since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We can live daily with the veil lifted and can be transformed into this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let me ask you a question. When I read that list, who do you think of? When I, when I read that list, who comes to your mind? Maybe some of you have someone in your life that, that is a pretty good model of a lot of those things. The first person I think of is Jesus Christ. You know what that list is describing? The list is describing the character and nature of Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit bears witness to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to his character and his nature. And so the Holy Spirit, when we see the glory of God, is transforming us. And the fruit of that is love. We are called to be a people of love. I don't care what the world does to you. I don't care whether somebody else is giving you the love that you think you need or not. You are called as a follower of Christ to be a person of love. We are called to be people of joy, not miserable, mean, grumpy Christians. We're called to be joyful. We're called to be a people of peace in a world that's broken and hurting. We are called to be peaceful. We are called to be patient. Man, people test our patience, don't they? Just nod with me. Just elbow someone if they test your patience. We're called to be people that are patient and kind and good, and faithful, and gentle, and to have self-control. That's the work of the Spirit in our life, is that we see Jesus, we see His character and nature, and we're transformed into His image. That's the, the character of Jesus on full display. And, and so listen, I want you to hear this. If true worship will never leave us where we were, when we come into the presence of God, open and surrendered, we are being transformed by the Spirit. You're never going to come in here and be completely open and surrendered and stay the same. You're going to be changed. You're going to grow into the image, into the likeness, into the character of Christ. I don't care if you've been a Christian 80 years. If you come in here and you surrender yourself and you're open to him, the Spirit is going to teach you and transform you and guide you. That's what God's Word says. So this week, uh, Dave Vikas was there in Guatemala with me and he was my roommate. And you guys know I've had this journey of trying to not drink soft drinks. And this week was really tough. 
because in Guatemala there is soft drinks and there's water. And, and the food isn't exactly like what I'm used to. And so there were so many times that a nice cold Coca-Cola would, would have sounded really good. But at one point in the week, Dave was just encouraging me, and I really appreciate his encouragement. But he looked at me and he said, Alex, you can do this. You have the self-control to do this. And I was thankful for that. Can I just do that for you real quick? Thank you, Dave, if you're in here for that encouragement. I want to do that for you right now. We are called to be a people that reflect the fruits of the Spirit. So I want to tell you right now that you can be full of love. I don't care how broken your past is. I don't care how broken your relationships have been. You can be a person of love. You can be a person that's joyful. Even if, you've experienced, if you feel like a grump, if you feel like you're always negative, God can transform your heart to be joyful. You can be full of peace. Even if everything around you is broken and, and chaotic, you can be transformed to have a heart of peace. You can be patient. That's tough. For a father of four boys, that's tough. God's will is to transform me to be more patient like Jesus. You can be full of kindness. You can be full of goodness. You can be full of faithfulness. You can be full of gentleness. I don't care how big and tough you are. One of my best friends is a guy named Steve Haskins, and, and he looks like Hulk Hogan, and he's rough, and I mean, he looks like a biker dude, but he has the softest, most gentle heart of anybody I've ever met because the Holy Spirit's been transforming him. You can have self-control. Maybe some of you have been battling something in your life. Maybe it's a diet, maybe it's, maybe it's just your habits. You can be a person filled with self-control because the work of the Spirit is to show us God's glory and his character and his nature and then to transform us into his image. You can be Christ-like. I'm not saying you're going to be Jesus tomorrow. I'm saying you're becoming more like Jesus every time you come into worship. And, and one day, we're all going to be glorified in his presence. We can be holy. So we've been looking at Acts chapter 2, and, uh, and, and Acts chapter 2 is Pentecost. It's when the Holy Spirit shows up. The Holy Spirit was promised by Jesus, and then the Spirit shows up to the believers at Pentecost, and it's poured out on them, and there's these great moments of speaking in tongues and these great uh, signs and wonders that are happening, and there's this power at work there. And then we talked last week about, uh, that Peter gets up and starts preaching to them, and it says they were cut to the heart, and they repented because the Holy Spirit, remember, brings conviction, and so they saw the places that they were missing the mark, and they turned their hearts and repented to God. And then comes the work of transformation. So I want to read you Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and this is what the church looked like after the filling of the Holy Spirit, after the Spirit was transforming them. It says, see, see if these words remind you of anything. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. Devoted themselves. What does that sound like? Faithfulness. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. There was the power of the Spirit at work in them. All the believers were together and had everything in common. That's, that's goodness. That's unity. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They were being transformed. Can, can I just stop there for a minute? Uh, there's way too many times that we as Christians give out of the excess in our lives, 
I want you to know that the Holy Spirit can transform you to the point that you're so on fire and so much a person of love for God and others that you're willing to sell what you have to give to those in need. The Holy Spirit came to the people and changed them and transformed them. And so literally in the church, when somebody had a need, somebody else would sell their possessions to meet that need. That's who we're called to be. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. What does that sound like? Joy. Joyful living. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Spirit came. The Spirit gave power. The Spirit was present. The Spirit brought conviction. And then the Spirit brought transformation. So I want to say this again today. Everyone tune in with me. I, 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 know, that, I know that we're tired here. I'm really tired. I've been in Guatemala all week. But, but listen, tune in with me for a second. The very Spirit of God is here with us today. And the Spirit wants to lift any veil in you. If you will come surrendered and open-hearted, just come to God like this and say, I'm available. Anything I have is yours. You will see the glory of God. The Spirit will show us the character and nature of Jesus Christ and will transform us. So worship team, why don't you come on up? And I want to invite you to, um, to do three things this morning. Number one, I want you to turn to God. If there's anything in your way, anything that's a veil, maybe you've been just missing the mark, maybe, you've, maybe there's something that's been weighing you down, I want you to turn to God. Number two, I want, the, I want you to see God's glory through the Spirit. If you're willing to be completely surrendered, His Spirit will show you the glory of God. And so I want you to pray, God, show me your nature, show me your character, show me your glory. And number three, I want you to be transformed by the Spirit. I promise if you come open and surrendered, the Spirit will show you His glory and will do a transforming work in your life. Would you stand with me? And I want to I pray for us, and this is what I want you to do. I just want you to respond to God's Word today. Maybe God's showing you something in your life, in your heart. Maybe it seems like you've been worshiping with a veil over your face. Maybe there's something that's just been weighing you down and holding you back. Today, I want you to surrender everything. Give everything to Him. I want you to allow the Spirit to take the veil off your face. And I want you to ask God, show me your glory. And I want you to ask God to transform your heart. Listen, there's a lot of different ways you can respond. You can do any of them. There's altars here. If there's something that God's working in your heart about, come on down and pray. You can kneel at your seat. You can stand there. You can put your hands up. You can cry. Whatever it is, don't walk through the rest of this service and the rest of your life with a veil over your face. The Spirit of God is here. He wants to show you His glory. Father, I pray that you'd work in our hearts now. We love you, Lord. We give you everything and we're surrendered completely to you. Speak to us. Transform us. We love you, Jesus. Amen.